You're listening to Growing in Motherhood, the podcast that inspires mamas to grow, where we talk about the real stuff, not just the good stuff, and share all things parenting and motherhood insight. We are first cousins with 10 kids between the four of us, ranging in age from six years to just six months old. Whether you are currently expecting, have kids of your own, or would like to in the future, this show is for you. Let's get started and grow with us. Welcome back to another episode of Growing in Motherhood. We are so glad that you have joined us for today's episode. It's going to be a good one. So I hope you guys have just a few minutes to sit down and and listen in and enjoy what we have in store for you today. So I'm Erin, your host for today's episode, and I am joined by a familiar friend to Growing in Motherhood. You guys heard from her on season one, and now she is back again to share some more wisdom with us, to share some more knowledge with us. So my good friend, Ayanna Davison, she is a certified nurse midwife, as well as a women's health nurse practitioner, fellow NP. So we are thrilled to have her back with us today. And this is kind of, could kind of be like a part two to the conversation that we had in season one. In season one, I discussed with Ayanna the Black maternal mortality crisis here in the United States. And what's kind of a part two or a joint conversation with that discussion is the Black infant mortality I'll call it again, crisis in America. So you kind of can't have the one conversation without having the other. So today we're going to go ahead and get into discussing black infant mortality in the United States. What what we're seeing currently for those numbers, why we're seeing these numbers, how this relates to the black maternal mortality crisis. And then what is it that we as as moms within our community can do to encourage one another, to support one another, and what can we do to change these numbers that we're seeing? And how can we just best prepare ourselves for for motherhood in light of this information that we're seeing? So Ayanna, I'm going to let you go ahead and say hey to the people. Hey to the people. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. And I'm really looking forward to conversation. So let's jump right in. To start with, when I was researching this topic, I came across the statement that in certain neighborhoods in the United States, Black babies are dying at rates similar to those in developing economies, such as Nicaragua and the Philippines. And I was really taken aback by that statement. Um, because you think about the United States and we, you know, we pride ourselves on um, the progress that we've made in this country. And, you know, we are, we are a developed country. You know, we are first world. We have resources that um, may not be available everywhere in the world. And, you know, when I see something like that, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. 
you know, black babies, I see here in, in the stats that they are more than twice as likely to die in their first year of life than white babies. And I definitely want to give you a chance to go ahead and speak to these stats. And if you, if you have anything more detailed as far as stats and numbers go, please, you know, let us know what it is that you're, you're seeing right now. Yeah. So you're absolutely correct. Um, and it's funny, we're a developed nation, but our numbers are far below when it comes to thriving and um, <clears throat> morbidity and mortality. We're far below what you would think a developed first world country would be. Mm-hmm. So you're right, 2.3 times or, or two times, two to three times more likely for black infants to die. And we're talking about infancy, we're talking about from birth to your through your first year of life or up to the first year of life. Um, and um, what I saw in the data too, is that like, if you're looking at, well, you know, races are people, so black and then behind us, uh, very close behind us is Pacific Islander. After that, you'll find indigenous um, and then um, white babies. And there's one lower, I think that um, Asian separate from Pacific Islanders are the okay. lowest, the lowest um, death rates um, for neonates or babies, um, but we are definitely the highest, and um, it's the same as Black birthers um, or parents. Um, they have the highest rates of death, uh, either um, death or um, other complications, diagnoses that are that can be critical to life. So that's what we're seeing, um, <clears throat> and historically, we see the parallel of the death or the the correlation of the deaths with lack of access to care, um, you know, um, what's listed as causes, you'll find preterm birth um, and mm-hmm. weight, those are at the top of the list. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. genital malformations, meaning a baby um, has maybe a heart condition or some kind of um, condition that was developed during, during pregnancy that, um, you know, causes death later on. Those are listed as the causes, but um, this is just the same as Black maternal health, where we're not considering the full gist of the problem. And again, mm-hmm. the bottom line is structural racism or biases that, that mm-hmm. exist here in America. And with that, um, it trickles down into so many other parts of life. So number one, I did talk about access to care, but you know, um, do black, black mothers or Black birthers have access to routine care? Are they seeing providers that are close by? Maybe they're not showing up for um, their prenatal appointments because they have other children to, to take care of, mm-hmm. or you know, or they've been referred somewhere where they maybe they have a copay that they can't pay or they can't pay mm-hmm. for major. Um, so we've set what what's happened is the system has set it up so that we don't we can't have these things because we're doing other things to try to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's, you know, those are kind of, kind of the numbers and in, in the bottom line here. Right, right. That definitely sheds a light on, on what's going on. Something that was interesting to me, Ayanna, as I was combing through the, the numbers, here's what I came across. So the causes of death in Black babies and white babies are the same, right? There, there are birth defects, pregnancy complications, premature birth, low birth weight. These are the known causes, but there are some known risk factors underlying those causes. There's maternal health problems, um, living conditions, stress. And so those increase in step with structural, social, economic issues, 
such as racism, poverty. So these things we can point to. So Black women experience the highest infant mortality rates among any racial or ethnic group in the United States, which is what you just shared with us. But I see here that infant mortality rates increase for Black women as their education level increases. So for a doctorate level degree, a professional degree for Black women, we actually see those infant mortality rates, increase. I'm going to say skyrocket. Yeah. And I hope that's not an over-exaggeration, but they significantly increase the higher her, um, her educational degree goes. And then what's interesting is for white women, it's the exact opposite. For white women, the higher their education level, the higher degree of education they have, their infant mortality rates go down. Yeah. So... so <laughs> that was crazy to me. Very, very interesting um, shift there we see in those numbers. And so I want to talk about that. And I want to get your take on that because you introduced um, a term into our conversation uh, last season, a term called weathering. So as I looked into this, this, um, this statistic, this statistic in particular, and why it is that there's this change mm -hmm. for black women, higher education, the numbers go up. For white women with higher education, the numbers go down. And what I read and heard in conversations is that for black women that have a higher level of education, the stress that is on that woman and the spaces that she has to be in and yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it again, because it's exponentially higher. It's um, exponentially higher. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so the reality of that, I'm looking at these numbers and clearly it's real. Clearly the impact of that and the weight of that, um, as, as one black female physician phrased it, she said, you know, when you are the only black female in this space, or you are one of a few, the weight that you are carrying on your shoulders and the stress that you are carrying in your body, it affects you physically. And so we see this in these numbers. If You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, um, the expectations that um, not only are placed on Black women in higher level of learning and corporate structures in um, well-off well spaces, um, the expectations there are a lot more um, from the outside, but also from within. And that's something, um, that's something that I, um, I, was gonna, I was just gonna say that I can't blame racism on, but also that's a lie. Because <laughs> for so long, if you, if you think of enslaved folks, um, for so long, the standard was white people. Mm -hmm. like you were enslaved, and the standard is a white person. That's who we're, you know, because they have freedom. They're right. completely free. They're able to do life in a way that they want to. And they have people who are at their beck and call and are literally slaves to their slaves so that they can get things done. Um, right. So once there's a, a, the physical freedom from slavery um, and even within enslavement, you see that um, our, our people are trying to dress the best. They're trying to stay clean. They're trying to, um, put on, you know, 
you know, have them speak properly, um, all so that they can hit a standard because that gets you further along in your enslavement. I know it sounds really crazy, but like, that's mm -hmm. what, that's the reality. Um, yeah. Think about the freedom that a, a well-off educated white woman has with a doctorate versus um, a black woman. Now I'm not going to say that there aren't um, pitfalls or, or hurdles that they have to cross because right. and like also um, anti-feminism, all of these things, all these concepts. Right. So women are, are treated as less across the board. Um, but a white woman oftentimes has more freedom and probably less expectation of herself than a black woman. And then again, like we go back to the things like, okay, am I the complete breadwinner of this household because I have a degree? And also because black men are not known to have as, as advanced or terminal degrees as a black woman does. That's, mm. that's statistically true too. Um, mm. So am I carrying the weight of the family um, or um, am I responsible for other family members? Um, do I have to take this job on um, at work and then also the job at home? to also provide. And then there's this black superwoman complex too, that um, we're, is coming to light now, but we've known about it. It's just, we haven't put like a name on it or we right. put a name on it too, but because we're superwoman, we, we may let it roll off our shoulder. Like, well, yes I am. And I can do this and you have pride in right. it. Meanwhile, right. your cells are, like we talked about weathering, your cells are deteriorating at a, a rate much faster than a white woman. We look great on the outside. And that's how, that's how a lot of black women show up at work. They look great on the outside, but they're suffering and internalizing a lot of stress on the inside and cortisol, which is a stress horm hormone. Um, mm -hmm. If you were to look at those levels and then during a pregnancy, that can also cause things like preterm birth, you know, right. um, and then, you know, we see the, the, the trickle down of how this racism has essentially affected a whole generation of people and their wow. children. Yeah. Wow. So you're, you're not right. You're not wrong about that at all. Yeah, man. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, trickle down because then we have, we have mom and granted, you know, there, there are generations before that are obviously impacted by this, but, you know, starting from what we're looking at here is, is the pregnant, the pregnancy. So we have the mom carrying baby. She's under all of this stress and it's affecting her physically. And so what's affecting her physically is also affecting the baby in her womb yep. and how she carries that baby, her, her pregnancy, how she fares throughout that pregnancy, how she delivers, how she parents thereafter. Yep. Yeah. It's like an, a never ending cycle. It is. It is. In light of all of that, Ayanna, all of that, um, man, heaviness right there, you know, that weight. What are some resources that you recommend to your new moms? What are some resources that mothers should have at their disposal? You know, you hear these numbers. And again, as I was doing some reading, high level degrees, Black women with, um, with doctorates, with PhDs, speaking about how they're fearful to become pregnant because of all of this information. What is it that you say to your moms that they need to have in their arsenal? What, what should they have at their disposal? What should their support system look like? And what are some resources that they can access to give them the support that they need um, throughout pregnancy? But because we're talking about infant mortality here, labor delivery, you know, after childbirth and through that first year of life where we see those numbers 
of um, mortality increasing for for black infants right. what is it that we can arm our, our moms with well um to have that conversation i'm going to go back to the ugly data too um okay. what has now come out um and we might have known this we might have talked about this too at the last episode but um, but basically, um, black infants do much better when there's a black physician involved. There's okay. a study on this, and this is actual facts. Um, so they do much be- better with a black physician caring for them. So um, whether it be a neonatologist, um, a pediatrician, or family practice doctor, um, black infants tend to do better when they have a black doctor. Um, however, we have less than six percent. Um, of black physicians nationally it's kind of like we only have we have like less than six four to six percent black midwives right they're just not in the the system um right and so if you can find a black physician or a black physician who can refer you to someone else that they know and trust in the work i think Mm -hmm. that's a good place to start too um whether that be for um immediate care or for care um, for, for your child as they're developing. Um, it's just a, a better place to be. They get, they get treated better. They get diagnosed, assessed better. Um, and that's important too. Um, it goes back to what we we're saying before as well. Um, despite the education, the numbers are still low. So we can, we can get as knowledgeable as we want. Um, and I think there's a level of importance to that. Like you need to walk into the space knowing what the space is about and what right. can happen. And then also like have a general understanding about what should happen or, you know, um, what could happen. Um, For sure. But that's not enough because the babies of educated folks are still dying at higher rates. Right. Um, so again, um, I think I mentioned previously, like having someone who has been in this realm before walk with you through it. So like a doula through your um, pregnancy and then through the postpartum timeframe too is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing too. There are several initiatives to really monitor and um, provide more resources, resources for black infants and black parents. Um, one of them is the Black Infant Health Program. That's been around for a very long time and people think it's relatively new, but it's, its main focus is to reduce infant mortality and it has black in the name and that's literally their goal is <laughs> black infant mortality. So you might be able to find um, support groups, resources, doulas, um, uh, programs or, or um, programs that are in hospitals that are linked to their program. So mm-hmm. they can monitor numbers and you know, know that there's a, a space out there too. The other thing that I um, have been referring people to of late is the Earth app. I-R-T-H, and I can send you that so you know what it is, but basically the Earth app is um, designed by by a Black woman, the Earth app with Kimberly Seals Allers. Um, She designed that um, based off of her birth experience. Her children are um, older now, Um, but because of a terrible experience that I believe she's had and heard of within her community, she created this app so that people, specifically Black people, can rate and review hospitals. So people will know huh. I was taken, um, uh, had good care here. Um, I was well taken care of, or I had a really poor experience. Um, huh. And it begins to rate the hospitals. So, you know, measures like this are important. 
um, but I've been referring people to that uh, as of late. Um, March of Dimes is another place where folks are mainly, I think, drawn there for fetal loss or um, uh, maybe congenital issues or um, genetic problems that babies have. But March of Dimes actually has some initi initiatives as, as well to keep babies healthy and moving um, mm -hmm. and surviving their first year of life. Um, right. And then um, uh, if you go to like places like the CDC where you can find these statistics, um, every, I think it's 10 years or so, they have a Healthy People Initiative. Um, and for um, Healthy People 2030, so we had, I think we had 2020, we had 2010, Healthy People mm -hmm. 2000. Um, mm -hmm. I might be off in the years, but it's, it's something similar to that. Um, right. Because the infant mortality rate is so bad and especially bad for black babies, their initiative is to reduce the infant death rate um, to five per 1000. So we talked about back black babies being two to three times more likely to die. But right. when we look at per thousand births, um, it's 10.8 for black babies, um, as opposed to 4.6 in a thousand for white babies. So the, the goal overall, because, because the national average is higher because black babies are dying, um, right. <laughs> the goal is to get it to five per 1000 um, and to reduce infant mortality. So um, they'll structure, they, they have a structure or things to do to help improve, um, improve those numbers. Um, again, asking the question of your pediatrician or your doctor, your even your OBGYN while you're getting care. Hey, there's there's a maternal and infant um, crisis happening in the country for Black people. What yes. are you doing to ensure that I survive and that my baby survives? What are you doing to make sure that we're both safe? Um, asking the hard questions that's super important. So, absolutely. Those are the few things, a few things that can be done. It's it's not everything. There's so many layers. I've, I've talked about this recently, but there's so many layers to it. And I think at one point in time, I just thought I have to save the world, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like that was just a thought, like how do I, how do I make sure everybody's okay that I see? Um, right. And and it's partnership, it's it's client and, and patient. And, and provider, but it's also like staff and researcher and, and policymaker and, um, and doula and midwife and, um, right. you know, so many people, so many different people who are there, mental health workers at, yes. at every, you know, angle and financial, like that's yes. up to you. People, we, we need money in order to get these things done. So if mm -hmm. you have it and you don't have anything else that you can contribute, send the money, you know? Yeah. Um, so the, the the bottom line is like no one person is going to solve the problem, but um, many of us working together in different capacities can make this better. Absolutely, it it truly does take a a whole village to to allow this vision to um to come to fruition, and um, and that's just not that's just not us as, as black moms or black women or black providers. It truly is everyone. We need our community and we need allies as well. It's a lot. And like you said, it's layered. It's, it's layered and it's complex, but we have to start somewhere. So I so appreciate these resources that you just mentioned. I love these. Thank you, Ayanna. I want to briefly touch on another piece that you mentioned when you were giving some resources. You mentioned mental health workers and um, that just kind of 
stood out to me because of some of the things that we just discussed as far as these um, infant mortality rates that we see among the Black community and the increase in those numbers with the increase in education for a Black woman. And so I believe that mental health workers play a vital role here as far as one of those resources for, um, for Black moms that may be in this space where, hey, I'm the only one, I'm under so much stress, um, I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders, it may feel like many days. How important is the role, Ayanna, of mental health in this scenario? I mean, it's super critical, <laughs> like, and, and I wish we had more mental health providers, like right now, especially um, with COVID and all that's transpired, it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really do need um, more mental health providers. And I think our data has shown that because folks are suffering and in crisis and mm-hmm. not knowing how to manage even like birthing without, with, with the potential of only being able to have make, maybe one person at their birth. Um, and then maybe experiencing depression and anxiety before getting pregnant. And, and that's what I like mm-hmm. to say a lot too, is like, whatever mood disorder you might have before getting pregnant, it's not going to go away during the pregnancy. In fact, right. it might even get worse. Um, and, yeah. and if it's okay during the pregnancy, we can expect that during postpartum, like there might be some problems. Now that's not an absolute, that doesn't mean it's going to happen for everybody, but many times people who have had depression and anxiety before, um, go on to have like postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, right. And, and, like we can, we see some more severe things happening when it's not addressed like postpartum psychosis. And that's, um, that's literally a medical emergency. That's when someone is not doing well at all. Um, the risk of like losing your life or committing suicide or homicide are higher during those times. Um, but um, it's so important for people to take care of their minds as well as their bodies. I mean, how do we separate the two? Like, in order for us to function, like we have them have that, have to have that mentality there. And then in order for um, our brains to, to do, do the work that we want to do, like our brain tells our body to do the rest. So we, those two are aligned. Um, And so um, I'm grateful that people are having discussions now about postpartum depression and about the anxiety part two and other mood disorders, but um, really and truly seeking the care. I say, you know, if even once before, during, and after the pregnancy, you talk to a therapist, um, mm. again, that's a place of privilege. Not everyone has access to that or can right. afford the care of that. It may right. not even be within your plan for insurance coverage. Um, but if you can, that is one step forward to kind of helping you navigate the journey there. Mm-hmm. Super yeah. important. And then um, mm-hmm. as it speaks to like, neonatal health, you know, someone who has a baby who's in like the neonatal ICU, um, or even has suffered a loss, they really, really need that counseling to move forward, you know, Um, and, and not everybody benefits um, from one type of therapy, there are different therapy modalities. um, But it's like, many people can access or different people can access different modalities for healing. There are people who do cognitive behavior therapy. There Mm -hmm. uh, are group and individual sessions. There's um, like, um, you know, breath work and body work. There are different modalities that different therapists can use. And uh, again, increasing that workforce is is vital to, uh, to getting the reduction of these terrible numbers and stats. Yeah, yeah. 
For sure. Thank you so much, Ayanna, uh, just for taking a moment to have this conversation with me. You know, I know there are, as we said already, you know, so many layers to this and this conversation could go on for hours <laughs> on end, but I'm going to go ahead and start to wrap it up here. And I want to ask you, as we, as we did um, in our last conversation, um, for our moms, for our listeners, this is another, another potentially heavy topic. Um, when you look at those statistics and those numbers, but um, I believe there is always hope. And I want to ask you um, what hope, what encouragement can you give to our moms who are listening right now, our moms who are um, either pregnant, desiring to become pregnant, planning pregnancy, um, or who have recently delivered and are in these new stages of motherhood with their new infant. What can we tell them to encourage them so that they're not fearful in this, in this time, during this time in their journey of motherhood and so that they can really enjoy, but also have assurance that they can safely progress through this journey and through this first year of life for their, for their infant. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's so much to be said and um it really is a heavy topic these are these are heavy conversations but um it's promising that we're now having these conversations and we're putting it out there and speaking up whereas there's this long-standing history of um, especially within the black community you know it's grown folks business we don't talk about that or we keep the mm -hmm. secrets to ourselves because we're embarrassed or ashamed or these are the things we never grew up talking about and so like you know we don't share this information um so, you know, I'm glad that we're creating, and I want people to know that there are safe communities and places where people can get the help that they need um, and find resources. And it, it may take a little bit more work, um, but it's worth it. Um, can I reassure you or assure you that everything is going to go 100% okay? I can't give that guarantee to anybody, but I have seen safe, um, healthy, healing, loving Black birth, and I've seen these black babies go on to live full lives. Um, and so there is that out there. Um, I encourage you to find community in people who are near you or even online, it's helpful because you know sometimes you'll get resources and information that otherwise would go um, unnoticed if you're just doing this alone. Um, and that's mm -hmm. another thing too, don't do this alone. Like, please have you know your support, even if you're not partnered um, and that's fine. People choose that all the time, but you still need a, a again, like you said, a village to carry mm -hmm. you through. We're not made to do life alone by ourselves. The same goes for birth and postpartum and, and yeah. a child, you need your community. So lean Absolutely. into that, find it and lean into it. And then if you don't, you can't find like create it for yourself, you know, um, that's, that's important too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and, and discuss this with me. Your information, as always, is valuable and your wisdom, as always, is invaluable. So I truly appreciate this time. And at this point, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I want to say to all of our listeners, we thank you guys for joining us for this episode. I hope that you heard something that resonated with you and that will help you in this journey. As always, we want you guys to continue to grow. If you want to get in touch with Ayanna, can you just briefly um, give us some details where the people could check you out? Sure. Um, best place to find me is usually on Instagram, which is um, at the Vagina Chronicles. 
also have a website, um, the, the vagina chronicles.org. Um, I'm a dot org dot not dot com. And those are the places you can reach out to me. You can um, send an email through the website. It's getting revamped, should be done soon. Uh, <laughs> but those are the places where you can find me most often. Sounds good. Thank you again, Ayanna. And <laughs> to all our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Join us for our next episode and keep growing. Thanks for listening to Growing in Motherhood. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other mamas just like you find the show. We also encourage you to even tell a friend. And if you would like to connect and continue to grow with us, we invite you to follow our Instagram page at Growing in Motherhood for daily parenting insight and announcements for upcoming episodes. Until next time. Bye.